Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Hello, Peter. How are you? Hello. I'm all right. Thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good. Excellent. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing well. Good. It's getting exciting, isn't it, out there in the, in the console world? It is getting very exciting. Indeed. happening. We're going to be playing them next month. Wow, it's crazy actually when you put it like that. Next month, it'll next be next gen. Month. At the uh, time of recording, or at least even at the time of release, North Americorns and select markets around the world will already have their units. Oh my god, yeah. Because you we'll get have to early, wait an additional week. Early stuff. Yeah. Crikey. Unbelievable. Well, anyway, uh, this is a video game podcast, as you might have guessed, but I'm, I will tell you again anyway. Each and every week, we are sponsored by a prestigious, wonderful, fantastic company out there in the interweb spaces. Peter has the ad read for this week. What you got, Peter? I do. Um, have you heard that, you know how Activision are constantly sort of um, either remastering beloved franchises or now even bringing out new installments to beloved franchises? Mm. Um, you know, perhaps, I don't know, sort of mascot platformers, for example, but other things too. Yeah. Um, what they're also doing in a completely unrelated uh, venture is diversifying into cuisine as well. Um, so they're they're bringing out um, a, a load of a load of food um, from from back in the day. You know, food from back in the day. Yeah, I remember food from back in the day. Um, and uh, they've brought out a sequel to some food from back in the day. Oh my um, god! Okay. What they what they've done is they've taken some uh, some some like shoots like bamboo, like shoots. Um, they've they've like mashed them up, um, and they've served it that that puree of of bamboo on some fried um, uh, hog roast with some chips and wine that has been made oh. from a fish product. Um, okay. That's right. Settle in for dinner. It's mashed bamboo shoot, ma- mashed bamboo shoot boar, f- mm. fritz with trout wine. My goodness me. Would you like me to say that again? Yes, please. <clears throat> uh, 
Mashed bamboo shoot boar fritz with trout wine. Fantastic. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious and not remotely reverse engineered in any way, shape or form. What do you, why would you say that? No, what? not at all. Shut up. Stop it. And, uh, you know, much like, uh, it's, you know, there are some sort of phonetic similarities to Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. Oh, my God, there are. And, uh, yeah, which is, that. which is funny. Yeah. Uh, but there are, there are more similarities uh, in that Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, took... What was it like? Uh, 20, th- 21 years. Yeah, to be released. Years, yeah, and you saying that pun took twenty one years to say. It did, but hey, much like Crash Bandicoot Four, it's about time. The payoff was absolutely worth it. it was, was it not? I can't wait to tuck in. When's it available? Uh, you can get your mashed bamboo shoot boar fritz with trout wine uh, today. Oh. Last last week it came out. Amazing! Is mm. it one of those like game Christmas tinner kind yeah. of deals where it's... you just get it from a game shop for some reason? It's just like that. Yeah, it comes in a tin. You open it, it goes whoa, and then oh wow, it's really tasty. Um, one other thing about it though, mm. it's not real at all. Oh come off it! Trout wine? You're a lunatic. I don't know. It could be pretty good and good for your joints. Yeah, maybe. Right? Cod liver oil. My goodness me. Mm. Well, no, unfortunately, that is not real. We are, as is the case every week. You really should have caught on by now. I can't believe you're so stupid that you fall for it every week, you stupid, stupid idiots. Whoa. Uh, Yeah, sorry, that was a bit much. Uh, We're sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as 25 cents per week that's one dollar per month you can you can get access to the podcast question post that we put up and uh, submit questions to be featured on this show we have other tiers available where you get access to different stuff so please consider going and checking that out Mm. ben where are we walking today we are walking along a trout i think okay perfect like these uh, these backgrounds are getting less and less. I think I mean fewer video game related. They are, and I, you know, we've we've always got to think: is there going to be a large enough image available for James to use on mm. on the internet? Because you know, at least with like video game screenshots, they're normally going to be like full HD size. But is there going to be a picture of a trout that he's not going to have to stretch up to fill the screen? Is the question very true? We'll find out. Who knows? Who who even knows? We've got a question here, Peter, from one of our wonderful patrons. Yeah, it's our resident Lord of the Rings character, Ernie Arrowsmith himself. Um, but also Duncans Wilson asked a similar question uh, to this. Uh, so thank you to both of those. Uh, Ernie Arrowsmith says, Hi guys, the internet was in minor uproar, <laughs> when isn't it, last week when footage of Spider-Man on PS5 was revealed due to quite a significant change to Peter Parker's face design. What are your thoughts on this? When remaking, remastering or upgrading a game, it makes sense to upgrade the character's model's realism, but is it okay for companies to make major changes to character designs? Thank you Ernie and Duncan for those questions. Hmm. It's it's a good point. I mean, so I I saw the the uproar about this. I find that in this specific example, it doesn't bother me that much because I think partly because there are that many other Peter Parkers out there anyway. You know, I think if um you know, it's like it's like uh it's like Batman or 
Um, I don't know about James Bond because I think he still has to be based on one of the actors. But, you know, it's it's a character who has had lots of different faces, granted in different franchises and continuities. I know not he doesn't normally change his face in in a run of films or He's whatever. not Doctor Who. No, exactly. But um, I think I'm, I'm I'm a little bit numb or uh, just 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 uh, indifferent about Peter Parker having different faces. I think I've just got this kind of melded image of Peter Parker's face in my mind that's just uh, kind of Tobey Maguire mixed with... Uh, what was the guy in the Amazing Spider-Man called? Um, Andrew uh, Andrew Garfield the Cat. Yeah, Andrew Garfield the Cat, uh, Tom Holland, PS4, Spider-Man. You know, it's they're all just kind of a, a, a mashed face in my brain. So it, it didn't really bother me in this example. But I think broadly speaking, you know, it would be a crazy thing to do with like a more unique protagonist from a video game. You know, if, if Last of Us Part 3 ever comes out, which... I don't necessarily recommend they do, but if it did, and, you know, Ellie's face was just (laughs) someone totally different for no reason, that would be a very strange thing to do. Or indeed, if they just remastered a game uh, that's that's already out, I mean, that's what they've done in this case, Mm. uh, and, yeah, and changed the face completely without good reason. That would be a strange thing. Um, So, yeah, I think it being Peter Parker, like, they kind of got away with it in, in my mind, but, yeah, as a general rule, it's kind of mad. Well, sorry to disagree with you, Peter, but speaking as someone who is a massive Spider-Man fan, mm. the game, you know, having platinumed it and done the new game plus and played it on the silly difficulties and so on, I don't I don't care either. I just don't care. <laughs> I really I really don't care about this at all. It's such a nothing problem. Oh, I thought we were going to finally disagree on something. No. We normally always give the same answer. <laughs> Sadly, I just I feel so indifferent about this, mm. and this is coming from someone who's played the hell out of uh, out of that game. Um, I love that game dearly. I was never ever that fussed by Peter Parker's face. It was the first game in a series. Yeah, them changing it is going to be a bit disruptive. They haven't made that decision lightly. I don't know if I agree or uh, sort of think they're telling the truth. Yeah, the reasoning's very that, odd, isn't it? With their reasoning, which we'll get into in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, generally speaking, I, d- I just don't care. Like, I really, really don't care. It's such a, as I said, such a nothing issue for me. Yeah. Um, I can see why people might be a bit miffed at it. But, you know, the internet, people have been attacking people and so on. And and the directors had to come out and call for just like, can, can you all stop being assholes, please, for <laughs> God's sake? Um, yeah, their, their reasoning was that uh, they wanted a better facial match for the face and voice capture of Yuri Lowenthal, the voice of Spider-Man. So he's remaining. Mm. It's just the it's just the face model that's changing. I understand that to an extent, but I also think that that's also maybe Codswallop. Maybe more money was asked for by the original model. Uh, I don't know. There's there's all sorts of reasons, and you know you can you can put out a load of conjecture and nonsense about why you think it may or may not have been done. But the point is, only one game in this franchise has been released, and if they're going to change the face model, it makes sense to do it now before the proper sequel. And you've got to assume that Petey Parks shows up in Miles Morales, and that would be strange if they if they had you know plans to to change it up. And then he appeared as his old version in there as well. 
Mm. Um, some people are saying, quite rightly, that the the screenshots of him now look younger than Miles Morales does, <laughs> uh, even though he's meant to be significantly older. But mm. I would argue, and I've not heard anybody make this point so far, and it's such a it's such an obvious one to me. Obviously, Miles Morales is set. I don't know when, maybe at least a couple of years after the original Spider-Man came out. Mm. You have to assume that Spider Peter Parker will also age in that time. He will look older than he, he does. He will look older because that, you know, that we're looking at two two years or whatever, however much younger uh, Peter Parker, you know, in, in the original game. So yeah, he's he going to age. He doesn't look younger than miles morales was in that game no like you you might argue he looked i mean i don't even think he necessarily looks younger than he does in the upcoming miles morales game uh mm. you know younger than miles does but certainly in in the original spider-man game you know he was miles was like a boy in that wasn't he yes um, as far as i recall so yeah yeah I think it's just it's just emblematic, perhaps, of a much larger issue in that uh, PlayStation and Sony have completely bungled this mm. Spider-Man nonsense from the beginning. You know, the the upgrade, the fact that it's the remaster is locked behind the Ultimate Edition of you know Miles uh, Miles Morales on PS5. You yeah. can still play your original PS4 version on PS5, but it won't have the upgraded Spider-Man and it won't have the new Spider-Man. It won't have the upgraded city and faster load times and stuff like that. It's all very confusing and it's all explainable in that this is how this works, this is how this works, but it's needlessly complicated. Uh, it's they're, they're charging people money for things they shouldn't necessarily be charging people money for and people are very furious and I think they're just perhaps using this issue, which I really don't think is that much of an issue, to sort of uh exemplify their anger and frustration at this this whole stupid situation yeah that could be right i think yeah there's a there are there are bigger issues beyond this pertaining to spider-man and maybe it's um yeah just sort of the last straw or a or a a reason for them to get mad even Mm. though that their actual reasons are more numerous than that yeah you could be right um but yeah, when when I saw this trending, I was like, "Sorry, is this is this really a story?" In fact, I think I don't I don't think I even I could have actually pictured Spider Man's face in my head from from the or Peter Parker's face in my head from the first game mm. uh, off the top of uh, off the top of my head without um, going back to to look at something. So I didn't think he looked like a real person. I thought he just looked like a computer character. You know, mm. Miles Morales looks like a genuine real man. Yeah, in, in especially in the PS5 Miles Morales game, and the other face model of Peter Parker doesn't really look like a real person to me. Mm. Sort of like how even though what's his name, the the most boring protagonist alive in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, yeah, Cal Kestis. Cal Kestis, even though he's based on a real human being, he doesn't look like a real human being. He just looks like generic man. Well, it's because you hope that no one could look that annoying in real oh, life. Oh, it's sad, isn't it, that someone <laughs> does, and I I pray for him. But yeah, uh, yeah with um, with with uh, with Peter Parker in the original Spider Man, I was never, I never thought, oh, rubbish face. But equally, I didn't think um, this is a great face that I will miss, yeah. and I hope they never replace it. I don't, I just don't care. I don't care, yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> just don't care. Yeah, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Well, it's time to move on, I think, to a, yeah. a, a cutting-edge section mm. where we talk about what we play in. Um, Do we? Don't have a name for it, though. Uh, uh, how about um, Game Time? 
game time with Ben and Peter. It's game time with uh, with Peter and Ben, Ben and Peter. Mm. Uh, thank you so much for joining us in this brand new section that's never been done on any podcast before. Uh, this is a bit where we talk about the games we've been playing. But before we get to the games we've been playing, mm. we are once again throwing some shapes, which we always do, actually. Uh, but we're also going to throw it over to our senior editor, James, Mr. James Jenkins, who has been playing the Pro Evolution Soccer 2021 season update. And he's going to tell us all about it. And he's been pezzing it up. Take it away, James. <laughs> And it's live! That's right, I've been playing the football game. No, not that one, I've been playing Pez. Or, to give it the full title, eFootball Pro Evolution Soccer 2021 colon season update. Yeah, I'm gonna call it Pez from now on. So you know how every annual sports game feels like the same version year after year? Well, this one is literally that. It's the same game with updated names at a lower price point of £25. And you know what? That's kind of a better approach. It's something that sports titles should have been doing for years now. Basically, the football part of this football game, you know, arguably the most important part, is actually pretty good. It's a more simulation-based approach compared to FIFA, and ultimately, it's pretty rewarding. It does take a while for things to click. I actually found it infuriating at first, but I was battling against like a decade's worth of muscle memory from FIFA, but it's pretty satisfying when you get there. So Pez does feel slower, but it's more methodical. It encourages better build-up play. Uh, first touches and passing have to be on point. It's just a much more realistic experience, really. And a lot of this is down to the excellent ball physics, which it sounds like such a basic thing for a football game to get right, but it is a noticeable improvement on FIFA. I mean, you won't be seeing the likes of John O'Shea pulling off fancy tricks on this one. Uh, sorry, John. Unfortunately, everything else this comes packaged in is miles behind FIFA. The menus are infuriating, the presentation looks sparse and out of date. The commentary might be the worst thing human ears have had to suffer through. You get stuff like... Mbappe! When the ball trickles out for a goal kick. Very disappointing. The game modes definitely suffer from this poor imitation syndrome, and most of them just don't feel polished or fleshed out enough. Master League feels clunky, there's the become a legend mode where you control just one player, but it's just boring at the start, there's no attempt at like a narrative uh, like with FIFA's Volta or Journey modes. Not that that's necessary, I mean it's a damn football game, it's not like Uncharted or The Last of Us, but it spices things up a little bit. With this you're just skipping through weeks of time without playing until eventually West Brom finally decide to play your promising new attacking midfielder at left back. Great, cheers gaffer. My clubs is another key one. It's an underwhelming equivalent of FIFA Ultimate Team, basically. Oh, and microtransactions are here as well. Of course they are, they're just less flashy, like everything else. Anyway, I've slagged it off quite a bit there, but honestly, it's not a bad game. The bits where you're actually kicking the ball around are, are pretty good. If you fancy something different from FIFA, a more realistic depiction of the game, and at a decent price, as long as you don't have last year's version, then yeah, Pez isn't a bad shout. Just don't expect anything too flashy. Uh, big thanks to Konami for the code. All in all, I'd say it's uh, three and a half footballs out of five. Wow, thanks, James. Thanks, James. Then I don't need a jacket. I don't need a James kit. Mm. Uh, that was uh, a, li a, little, a little review there on the update for Pez. You know, quite interesting that they're doing it as a seasonal update and not a full game. 
Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that pans out for them. Peter, mm. what have you been playing? Goodness me. Well, uh, since the previous um, podcast, I did play a little bit more Dreams while I was mm. waiting for those those there crashes and Star Wars to come out. Um, so t- I can barely even remember what I played now. I did, I did a... There used to be a game, a flash game called The Impossible Game, where you were a little square that was just jumping over spikes. Right. I think it was called The Impossible Game. It wasn't The Impossible Quiz. It was different. And uh, I played a game very similar to that on Dreams. Um, and I found another You Are a Ball, Get Through This Ball Assault Course game and yeah. enjoyed it. Um, but uh, so, so I played a few of those. Uh, but then, of course, uh, it, was, it was the Peter Austin Holy Grail weekend where... A new Crash Bandicoot game and a new Star Wars game came out. I've still only played um, like an hour of uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Um, I, I played enough so that we could give a few first impressions of it. You played more than me, so you kind of led led the quip scope on that. But I wanted to at mm. least know what we were talking about um, and see how it handled. Um, and you know, just just fine. We've got we've got further thoughts on that on the channel, so you can check that out. But. Uh, I the, the, I think the one the one difference between um, our opinions on that game, me and you, is um, that I I think you said more than once in that video that you're not looking forward to going back to it, or you, you don't you don't feel any pull whatsoever to pick that game yeah. up again and play anymore. Whereas I mean, it might only be because I've only played an hour of it, but at the moment I am kind of looking forward to finally picking that back up and putting a bit more time into it and seeing seeing how it really feels over a longer period of time. Um, however, the the bulk of my week, and I do mean the bulk of my week, not just my gaming week, but my all of the hours of my week uh, have been spent on Crash Bandicoot 4, which I've finished. Um, yeah. I finished a couple of days ago. I finished it on Monday or Tuesday, I think. Um, and uh, But when I say finished, I... I simply mean I have got to the end and beat the final boss and seen right. the credits and the ending cutscene. I have not and may never 100% that game or 106% that game, as is often the way with, with Crash games. Um, they like to go over 100. Uh, wow, it's it gets very hard if you are going for anything other than um, level completion, really. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to hit all the boxes... Trying to complete levels in three deaths or less or fewer. Uh, trying to find the secret tape in a single life. Oh boy, there's hidden gems everywhere. There are relics. There are. I've just only just discovered as well. There's also a kind of relic called an ens. I think it's called an insanely perfect relic or something. Oh god. Which I it told me about that when I finished the game. It said go back and try and get all the insanely perfect relics. And I was like, oh okay, I guess that'll be for like ultra platinum speed uh, you know time trials because relics are for time trials in the crash games uh that's not what it is the 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 insanely perfect relic is for doing all of the gem based tasks in a single go so basically completing an entire level in one life getting all the fruit and all the boxes without dying which is absolutely bonkers Mm. um you know, generally the best way to get those gems is bit by bit. So don't try, for example, don't try and get all the boxes and finish the level in three deaths or less or fewer. Uh, you know, it, don't do not do those at the same time because 
it's some of those boxes are hard to get without dying. So, you know, you're, you're wasting your time trying to do both at once. But if you want to get those insanely perfect relics, you have to do that, seemingly. So that's going to be fun. And I'm really hoping they don't count towards the 106%, but they may well do. So I'll be... I'll be spending a lot of time on that game if I want to completely finish it, which, yeah, I don't know if I do. Um, but uh, we'll see. Um, one thing I, I think a very, very, very important thing I forgot to mention in the Quipscope, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I said it in our in, our, uh, in my stream, uh, stream yesterday at time of recording. Um, the game is um, rated something for mild swearing like i don't know oh. 8 8 plus or 11 plus or something and that was revealed obviously well before the game came out and i was thinking mild swearing or mild language i was like this is a crash game there can't be can't be any of that in there can there um but um you uh, for for a part of the game you play as dingo dial who is uh, very australian i don't know if that means anything or if that's borderline racist but uh, at one point, Dingo Dial, in this crash game, refers to some of the enemies as bastards. Whoa, would you believe? really? Yeah. Which I think That's I can say in our podcast. But yeah, it really oh, took yeah, me by surprise. Oh yeah, we can say that. That's fine. It's just surprising to hear that in a crash game. Absolutely, yeah. I think he also said bugger at one point as well. Or okay. little buggers. But yeah, th- there's one instance where he goes... Get out of... says something like, get out of my diner, you bastards. And I was like, whoa, whoa hang on. Slow down, Dingo Dial. Not Bloody. ready for this. So, yeah, I mean, that, that really should have factored into the quip scope, I think. Um, it's, it's highly important uh, before you buy uh, detail. Funny. But there we go. So that's that's mostly what I've been playing. All that crash and a little bit of Star Wars. Nice. Yeah. What nice. about you? Uh, yeah, well, I played Star Wars Squadrons for a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a quip scope on it, as you said. I've deleted it now. Have you deleted it? I just don't. I just don't want to play it. Oh. I really, really don't like it. And uh, yeah, we we go into more detail in the quip scope, so I won't, you know, retread similar ground because I deleted it after we did the quip scope. Mm. I just don't like. I just don't want to play it. I really, really cannot put into words how little this game is for me. <laughs> and I really hoped it would be. I thought it'd be a fun Star Wars romp through a. An entertaining story, and it is not that at yeah. all, and that's fine if you're looking for that, but it's not what I wanted, and that's okay, so I got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not gonna not gonna torture myself with that. Um I obviously I had that the weekend just gone, where I said on the on, on the last podcast that I was going to be playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone. Yes. And I did. It's called Armored Royale is the new mode, and it's really fun. Oh yeah. Um, so the circle is small, but it's constantly moving around the map. So you sort of have to be prepared to move with it through the fog, rather than it, you know, getting smaller and smaller. Right. And there's it's teams of four. There are 100 players. So stands to reason that there are 25 teams, right? Mathematics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, each of you has an armored car, like a truck, and it has a gun emplacement on the top. You need to, it has a little portable shop on the back and you can uh, upgrade the armor, upgrade the gun so it can fire more and uh, you can also repair it back there and ma- and, and add, uh, what's it called? I can't remember what they're called, but little thingies to the front that fire sort of flares that get rid of any lock, locked on missiles, but they're sort of single use. 
Mm-hmm. Um, trophy systems, that's what they're called. Right. And basically, you have to drive around. One of you's, one of you's constantly got to be driving. One of you uh, has constantly got to be in the gun emplacement. And then the two of you can sit in the back just because it's like a flatbed. So you can right, just okay. climb in the back. And you've got to drive around either avoiding or actively pursuing other people and their trucks. And as long as your truck is still alive and in the game, and you can repair your truck as well from the shop, you can pay to do it, or you can park in like garages that are dotted around and it'll slowly tick up. Right. Um, as you, uh, as long as your your truck is still alive, your team can respawn ad ad nauseum. You don't need to like fight in the gulag or anything to respawn. You can just come straight back in. Okay. Once your truck is gone, then you're all basically on one life. So. Right. If you die, you're gone, and it's up to your whoever's remaining in the game to sort of sprint around, completely vulnerable and exposed, to try and gather a, uh, together enough money to buy you buy buy teammates back from the from a proper shop, or save up and buy your car back. Uh, so there's a real tactical element to it. It's a really fun twist on on Warzone and battle royales in general. Had yeah. a lot of fun playing it, and we won like three games. It was really good fun. So is um, there? So wh- while your truck is still alive, for want mm-hmm. of a better word, um, is there a? Do you do you gain anything for killing other like members of another team, or is it just the idea that obviously while they're while they're dead, you're able to kind of attack the truck better? Like, do you yeah. get points for kills, or is it just like you want to get them out of the way so you can uh, remove their ability to respawn by attacking the truck? With Warzone in general and this game too, there's still you know you get you get XP at the end and you level up and you sure. unlock things yeah. for your your classes and stuff and you can occasionally there are um, supply drops I think they're called or something like that where you can run up to them and get your class from it so you mm. don't need to run around and pick up guns but those are you know they, they usually drop in quite open areas and there's lots of people trying to go for it at once so it's a it's a risk to, yeah. to go for those um, yes very much the case in this mode is if they are alive they're a threat to you Mm. and if you take them all out or you take their car out and you see two of their teammates sprinting in opposite directions to try and get away from you you kind of need to take them out because they're going to be coming back and looking for you and also between the two of them they're going to be saving up to get their car back and then your efforts were for nothing basically yeah yeah. Uh, but also you know when people die in battle rails they drop all their stuff they drop their money they drop their armor they drop their guns so it is you know Mm. there's there there are there are rewards uh in in that sense too yeah but it's really good fun it's a really good fun mode kind of sad again that they always introduce these modes in new seasons and then they're there for a few weeks and then they take them away again mm, and they go yeah on. it's like oh okay but i liked that one i don't yeah, want to play the regular mini one royale didn't you is that, yeah, is that mini gone royale now? Is great yeah oh yeah that's long yeah. gone yeah it's just a, a, a much faster game but uh really good fun uh i enjoyed it a lot um mm. i played the burial at sea dlcs for bioshock infinite Oh yeah, of course. You said um, you were going to do that, yeah. They're really good. Going back to Rapture is really good, and I've watched a lot of theory videos and mm. timeline videos as well, and how it all sort of explains itself. It's all very convoluted because it deals with multiverses and stuff, but mm. it neatly ties, sort of, as neatly as you can get, ties ties the events of Infinite and Bioshock 1 and 2 together. In that right. Elizabeth's actions actively kickstart the beginning of Bioshock One, which is 
quite fun, you know, for for fans of the original game to see those games tie together like that. Mm. Uh, and I really liked it. I got I, I went back through and got all the trophies in the first part, and then the second part you have to finish it in 1999 mode like you do for the Platinum in the full game. And I just thought, nah, I can't be bothered with that. <laughs> so I just finished it and it was good. I liked it. liked it a lot. Good. Uh, one final thing. I've been watching Chernobyl slash Chernobyl, the TV show from HBO. And you'll never guess who's in it. Uh, Mickey Rourke. Leo. Leo. Is Leo. He? Yeah, Leo is in it. Uh, brother of Joseph Fares. This is his real name. Fares Fares is in Chernobyl. He's, Fares, he's in Fares. the show. I God. would recognize that nose and that strange accent yeah. a million miles away. I was like, that's Leo. <laughs> that's Leo. <laughs> whenever he's in we it do quite a, a lot. Whenever we do a Leo impression, it always makes me want to slip into Sly from that worst games ever we did where it, I don't want to kill anyone else. One guy's <laughs> dead. I don't want to, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. One guy's dead. I don't want people. anyone else to die. <laughs> Strangles uh, someone to death. Yeah, <laughs> stabs just them snaps in the eye. their neck. I didn't. Want, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Brilliant. Uh, Leo. Yeah, Leo. Leo is in it. It's weird that we say Leo, his Leo own name, in his yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. when well, usually it's Vincent. Yeah, is Vincent. what what he says. But uh, yeah, Leo's in it, and I thought that was really fun. Couldn't mm. couldn't not bring that along today. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, I've I've still not tried Chernobyl, but I've heard good things. Well, good horrible things about it. Oh, it's very compelling. If you can handle uh, melty men mm. and some light dog murder, then then you'll be okay. But it's okay. it's really it's very gripping. Well, I mean, I, I've played Last of Us Part Two. That's got heavy dog murder. Yeah, in you're it, so. actively complicit in the dog murder in that game. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. Yeah. No, very good. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next question. Yes, let's. This um, is from. Yes, from Stukalicious. By all means, go ahead. Please I do. will. Good day, Pen and Beta. As a massive fan of the of sorry of most of the Resident Evil games and The Last of Us, I was ultimately disappointed by the Resi film's portrayal of the lore, and am slightly concerned about the upcoming The Last of Us series. Even though Druckmann is attached, do you have an opinion on whether adaptations of games should remain stringently loyal to source material slash lore, or are you more accepting of disregarding key elements to suit a new narrative than I guess I am? <laughs> keep up the great work and keep. Positive, keep positive and safe. Just stay positive about it, all right? Yeah. Don't stoke delicious. Um, uh, if they're ad- if they're directly adapting the plot of a game, I don't. I just don't think it's possible to keep everything in, even with a TV show no. with, with a slightly longer runtime. Obviously, a much longer runtime than a movie. Um, I have a feeling that this will be good, but I'm not. I'm not sort of. Uh, hitching my fandom to the quality of this TV show, or even the new Resident Evil movies that they're apparently working on now. Yeah, that's what I'm just um, clicking through uh, the internet to find now. Is yeah, they've they've just announced the first the first two games are going to be adapted into rebooted movies. Nice, um, that's yeah. fun. But I I I actively view these as extensions of my enjoyment of the game rather than sort of a commentary on it. So if these games, if these, sorry, films slash TVs aren't very good, that'd be a shame because it'd be really good to get those. Mm. But if they are based on the on the games themselves, then A, you can just play the game because that's probably going to be better. And B, you sort of already know exactly what's going to happen, yeah. uh, which is why subverting expectation isn't necessarily a bad thing, just like they did with the Resi 2 remake. You know, it was it was different. It was the same, but different. 
and uh, I'm I'm welcome to that. I'm 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 sure I'd really enjoy whatever they end up putting out. They've got a very good team behind the Last of Us TV show, and I'm sure it'll be very good, even if it's not quite the same as the game. Because if it's exactly the same as the game, then great people who can't or aren't interested in playing the game can experience that world and narrative and story but i've already experienced it in i would argue the best possible form that it Mm. could be experienced in yeah you're right if they do if if there is a direct uh adaptation of game to movie uh, or tv show then yeah i suppose it does uh uh, you know, you lose the surprises and things. You know, certainly in the case of The Last of Us, with that ending, you know that that game mostly like, well, not most. I mean, it's a great game throughout, but it's really uh, hangs on its own ending in terms of uh, the, the 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 final punch or the thing that everyone remembers about that game is is the way it ends. So, if you know ahead of time what's going to happen, you'd be like, okay, yeah, well, of, of course that's what happens. Um, I think it's difficult to adapt games directly anyway. Um, from uh you, you know you look at something like the last of us or uncharted i think I, I was saying this to you the other day on on slack or something that um you know a, a game that's full of gunfight sequences um that are are for you to to engage in in the way that you want whether you sneak around a bit or just go in guns blazing or whatever you know you're not going to adapt those into uh a movie or tv show in in the in a complete, um, you know, like for like sense, of course. You gotta have the be... dog murder in there, though. Yeah, you gotta have the dog murder for sure. Uh, of course, there'll be there'll be moments where people are shooting each other in in those films and things, but you're not gonna have as many. You know, in terms of gameplay, there are things that are fun to go over again um, when you've got a controller in hand, and you know, you can do different kinds of of. Uh, shootouts in different scenes and with different things at your disposal but watching you know lots and lots of scenes of just someone hiding behind a barrier uh firing a pistol is probably not compelling viewing so you know for for one thing when adapting a game you have to temper you know those sorts of things and 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 cut out some of the detail um but also i Part of me says that, yeah, on the one hand, um, it it would be nice to uh, kind of subvert expectations if you're going to adapt something like that. But on the other hand, I kind of think if you can't adapt something properly, either because it doesn't lend itself to becoming a movie or TV show or, uh, you know, you've chosen to deviate from the main story, then I kind of think, why bother adapting a story about those characters and then changing it up? When what you could do instead is maybe just be inspired by um, the universe of a game, but do a kind of spin-off, mm. you know? Um, why, for example, do a story about Joel and Ellie, but then change the ending um, when there's a perfectly good story there in the game that ought to be adapted? Um, that's not to say they are going to change change anything. We know we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, you know I think the the best thing to do in terms of if you if a video game is going to be adapt, adapted into some sort of visual media is to be inspired by a game's universe. But I think ideally um, either do maybe a, a, a prequel if there's some interesting history to be explored there, possibly a sequel. But you know it's probably best to leave those for the games to cover themselves rather than like blow their loads early. Um, or 
uh, as I say, do some kind of spin-off that's, you know, a whole different set of characters, but maybe set in that world. You know, I'd, I'd be very interested for, interested, for example, in watching some other characters surviving in a Cordyceps apocalypse. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I, I don't want to see a Joel and Ellie adaptation, but I would absolutely be game for, um, for uh, you know, a completely different set of characters. I think that could be interesting. And, you know, I think uh, we'll have to just see how well this goes down because I mean in recent times video game adaptations have been slightly better than they have been historically you know Detective Pikachu famously did quite well Sonic movie relatively miraculously good. did quite well yeah even um Rampage which ultimately I think people look back at and it's like well that's just a big cheese fest mm. I, at the time it was the highest rated video game movie ever wasn't it i think yeah it and tomb raider were tied in rotten tomatoes exactly so it just kind of i mean maybe it's our opinions are changing and our grading systems are changing but i think there is also it's kind of evidence to say that video game adaptations into films and tv you know that the quality of that is improving potentially so Mm -hmm. we'll have to just see how it goes yeah absolutely i reckon at the end of the tv show Joel, Ellie, and an, and an ensemble cast of clickers are all going to uh, do a dance number. A big musical number, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right at yeah. the end. That would be perfect. Top hats and canes. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. Peter, it's time to move on to something very strange. Right. Um, let me just... Yeah. Just, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. It's time for Weird News. Weird News. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Weird news time. Welcome to Weird News. We've got some strange video game news for you. Peter, what do you have this week? Um, I have got a story from, would you believe, Kotaku.com, which has no. been ri- written by someone called Luke Plunkett, it says here. Don't know if, Who? don't know if you've heard of him at all. Um it says on his bio, uh, Kotaku's... Um, official triple jump weird news correspondent but you know i don't i don't i've never heard of this guy at all uh chess tournament winner banned says opponent was doing pp in their pampers i'm sorry what uh what? 
Like a lot of other sports this year, chess has been having a good time online, except uh, that, except that is, for the very end of the Chess.com Pro Chess League Championships last week, when the winning team was disqualified for, quote, unspecified fair play regulations. Um, okay. As this feature on Defector reports, and there's a link where you can click through and go and look at de- the Defector feature if you want to, Armenian chess grandmaster Tigran El Petrosian, whose team, the Armenia Eagles, won the competition, was later disqualified, along with his teammates, not long after an American rival they beat in the final left spicy comments under Chess.com's official recap of the event. After pointing out that the much lower-ranked Armenians had potentially used players who had been banned from Chess.com earlier in the year for cheating... American Grandmaster Wesley So added, Anyway, I think the final should have had proctoring. Lots of work were at stake and weeks of playing through the qualifying phase. Proctoring, a word usually used in exams, is the supervision of games in chess. So he's saying, I think they should have supervised the games. Um, Also pointing out shenanigans with streamer Hikaru Nakamura, uh, who we featured on Kotaku last month. Oh, interesting. Uh, whose examination of Petrosian's moves in the final uh, found a lot of questionable stuff. And it says, I'm bothered by this game. That's a quote. Uh, Mm. Especially some moves uh, that were as perfect as they could be, suggesting the Armenian was using programs to help him play. Oh, it's all going on on chess.com. It's a real scandal. Um, Not helping his cause was the fact that Petrosian was continually looking away from the screen during his moves. Anyway, all of that's just context for why we why we are really here. Petrosian's meltdown following So's allegations, in which he calls his opponent a biggest loser I ever seen in my life, before adding, you was doing pee-pee in your pampers when I was beating players much more stronger than you. Wow. Um, not long after, Chess.com made the decision to disqualify the Armenian Eagles, along with handing Petrosian a lifetime ban from the site. Uh, somehow, this isn't the first time I've written about Petrosian on this website, says Luke Plunkett. Back in 2015, he was involved, this time as the Innocent Party, in an even wilder cheating scandal when his opponent, Gaioaz uh, Nig- Nigaldiz, mm-hmm. or something, was caught sneaking off to the bathroom to check an iPod touch hidden under a mountain of toilet paper for the optimal moves. Wow, an iPod touch. An iPod touch hidden under toilet paper, and that's where it ends. I mean, you know, there's a lot of padding at the start of that article because really all that Luke wanted to report, and rightly so, is that one of the players had a meltdown and said, PP in your pampers on Twitter. And we also covered a story in 2015 about an iPod touch under some toilet paper. But, you know, I found it a pretty weird read. Um, So that's very strange. Now I want to now I want to hear your your weird news. I do. I do have weird news for you. This is from. Oh, it's from Kotaku. And this is from the deputy editor of Weird News, Ethan Gack. Ethan Gack. on, uh, On Kotaku. The headline reads. Facebook accidentally bans fake Fallout 76 militia group. Right. Okay. Accidentally bans. Accidentally bans. 
Right. The Fallout 76 role-playing group Free States Militia was temporarily banned from Facebook late last week, seemingly after getting caught up in one of the social media platform's routine moderation sweeps. And this is probably, I think, maybe the worst sentence I've ever read, mm. uh, because it just doesn't make any sense, no matter how many ways I dissect it. Okay. So Facebook just banned our page and banned all admins from our gaming group, the Free States Militia, Fallout 76 players who roleplay as the series' canonical appellation on anarchistic group, wrote on Twitter last Thursday. Wow. <laughs> there's there's like hyphens there's and apostrophes. There, yeah. There's there's quotation speech marks. It's just a Brackets. real mess, Ethan. It's a bad one. In addition to the disappearance of their Facebook page, which the group said contained two years' worth of pictures and fan-made lore, the group's admins also had their Facebook accounts banned, restricting access to years of personal data. Oh, God. One minute here, the next minute, we're deleted, Free State's militia admin Jessica Dickey told Kotaku in a private message, a video game fan site based on an in-game faction of the same name. It makes no sense, especially when there are real-life militia groups still up and running on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. The group's page ended up being restored later the following day after an outpouring of support from other Fallout 76 roleplay groups. We apologise for removing the Fallout 76 groups in error and have since restored the group and admin accounts, a spokesperson for Facebook told Kotaku in an email. Mm. And it says we're committed to taking action against groups tied to violence, blah 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 blah. blah. Facebook would not say what it was about the Free States Militia group that flagged it for takedown. Among the Facebook group's rules are be kind and courteous, don't be a douche, as well as no hate, don't be a racist prick, don't be a homophobe, don't mess with the Free States Militia. Take them down. Stop Get them. The, stop those anti-homophobes and uh, non-racists. Stop them now. Outrageous behaviour. Mm. The group is marked as private, so there's no, no way to see what messages were being shared on it, but talk of killing fictional foes is obviously common in the Fallout 76 community. The Fallout 76 mix-up comes as Facebook faces criticism for failing to crack down on real hate groups using the social media platform, including the real-life militias. A page for the group called Kenosha Guard wasn't removed until the day after Kyle Rittenhouse allegedly shot two people during protests over police killing over the police killing of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Jeez. Company CEO Mark Zuckerberg called that oversight an operational mistake at the time. Oh god. So there we go. Uh, they are clearly Facebook, Facebook's algorithm, doing great stuff, mm. got their priorities in order. Yeah, shut down those Fallout groups. But got to hey. take down those Fallout 76 militia groups. They shouldn't be playing it, full stop. Why it's don't dangerous. They, they, should, they should quit those groups and go and join a real militia that we're yeah, not going to take Yeah, why don't you go outside down. and join a real militia group, huh? Yeah. Stuck in these Facebook, these video games and Facebook pages. Go outside. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah, pretty pretty damn terrible. Mm. So uh, anyway, everyone got their stuff back and Facebook, I can guarantee, will learn nothing from this. No, absolutely not. It was an operational error. Yeah, yeah it was. Okay. All right, Mark. <laughs> Whatever you say. If that is your real name. Mark Facebook. <laughs> yes. Time for question three. Hmm. This is from Aiden Fitzsimmons, or possibly Fitzsimons. Oh, but, uh, it's probably Fitzsimmons. I'm going to say Fitzsimmons, yeah. Hey, lads, or lasses, oh. hopefully this hasn't been asked before. 
Uh, when I was younger and visited my cousin's house, I used to love watching him play Zelda Ocarina of Time. I have, I have, however, never played the game myself. I would never ask him if I could play. I was happy to just sit and watch him play. So my question is, is there any game that you love watching others play, but that you've never played yourself? Or you've played very minimally, perhaps? Um, I find that in the flesh, um, I... I don't like to watch gaming that much. If I'm sitting there and someone's playing a single player game and I'm just, you know, on their sofa, I would rather they sort of let me have a go or we turn it off and play a multiplayer game. Um, I, I mean, I don't mind if I sort of nip around to someone's house and they're still finishing off or whatever. Like, oh, I'll just get to the save point. But, you know, if someone's like, oh, do you want to watch me play, you know, uh, Uncharted. I'm like, uh, not really. No, I'd rather rather play yeah. a game with you actually. But, um, however, I do of course like watching gaming stuff on YouTube, um, and uh, I think there's there's various kinds of kinds of games I would watch. I I don't mind watching quote unquote walking sims on YouTube because I feel like um, although they are they are quite fun to play, depending on what mechanics are involved, I think you don't miss out on much just like sitting and enjoying the story and the narrative. Uh, uh, sorry, the the narration of of games like that. I watched um, all of uh, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture um, on YouTube. I think I've said that before, um, oh, okay. and, and and loved just watching it through and enjoying it from from that perspective. It was a a commentary free version, so it was just you know it was kind of like watching a movie, a first person film or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, though, I really like watching games um, in which people use their creativity and do so better than I could. Um, so I think it's quite nice. I've actually recently been watching... I found a, a YouTube channel that was suggested to me by the YouTube al- algorithm um, of um, people, uh, someone who builds stuff in Minecraft, but they do it with no commentary. It's from like a series of fixed camera angles, and they've got all these mods added in that make it look very pretty. And they just play this kind of chill music, and uh, it, yeah, it's just this very relaxing thing. I quite like watching. If if there's been a new one posted, I'll watch it in the evening. And they're just building like, you know, a log cabin or a, um, you know, making a little a little field or something. Um, it's quite relaxing to watch. Uh, but nice. but also, things like Sim City or um, City Skylines, I should probably say, um, and. Um, uh, also, I, I really like watching people play Dishonored really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if they've there's like a mod or a cheat you can get where you get unlimited mana or whatever the the resource is. You know, like the magic points. Um, and I think that's super fun to watch people do crazy intricate things where they they're blinking all over the place and they're laying traps that pay off like five minutes later they like put stuff down and then you know way down the line you're like oh that's why they put that that spike trap there or whatever and people do really clever stuff with that game or that that series so yeah i like to watch a whole load of things but only on youtube i really don't like to watch stuff in person Mm. yeah um, in terms of uh, Aiden, actually says when he was younger and visited his cousin's house. Mm. Did you used to? Did you used to go and watch people play games? Um, 
I mean, I I would sometimes watch uh, Peter's Gamer Uncle play play games yeah. next door. Um, but even then, like generally, we, I would go around and occasionally he'd be playing he'd be playing stuff on his own, and I'd watch. But normally, he would if I was there, he'd he'd turn it off, and we'd play Unholy War or Hogs of War or Duke Nukem Time to Kill. We used to play quite a lot, mm-hmm. um, and then later it, it sort of turned into Halo One and Halo Three and. So yeah, like generally he would um he would let let me play um if I went round. But um yeah, yeah, now and then. And sometimes I would go around to a friend's house and they'd maybe they would only have like some, some single player games, so we'd have to just sort of take turns, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And what about you? I I I definitely used to watch it was my cousins actually. I definitely mm. used to watch uh, my cousins play games. I used to go and visit uh, my cousins every so often, and uh, I, that's where I was introduced to Metal Gear Solid Two. Yeah, and I watched them play that, and it just looked incredible. And uh, I ended up playing it in the end, uh, years and years later. In fact, it was about how long ago? Maybe, maybe six years ago now. So not until I was an adult did I end up playing MGS Two, uh, but. I was uh, very, very impressed by it at the time. And I just thought, oh, this looks amazing. But I just had no idea how to play it. And mm. actually, I, t- I think I preferred watching it to playing it. I wasn't a huge fan of MGS2. Right. Uh, much preferred 3 and 1 to 2. Uh, and uh, I also used to watch them play wrestling games. Um, Here Comes the Pain was one that they had that I used to watch and think, this looks incredible. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. There's blood. Oh, unbelievable. And my other cousin had all the GTAs. So I used to watch him play San Andreas and Vice City and stuff. And again, that was sort of mind-blowing. You have a, you mean you have a garage where you can <laughs> store your cars and then you can just have them and they're yours? And you can take any car off the street and, and put it in there? That's amazing. Yeah. It was just, it was incredible. It was mind blowing. So I used to love watching that. Uh, now, like you, it's I don't, I don't want to watch you play games. Thank you. I don't mm. want to do that. But yeah. uh, certainly, I also watch YouTube stuff from time to time. Usually, speed runs. Uh, mm. We're both I fans speed of runs as well. Yeah, games done quick. Whether that's uh, summer games done quick or or the other one. What's mm. it called? Is it just called games done quick? Awesome games done quick. Awesome. ADDQ. There yeah. we go. Uh, so those are fun, and I usually gravitate towards horror games that I'm never going to play. Yeah, because I like to see them broken, and I like to to sort of hear them explained as they go. And also, uh, Soulsborne games. I like to watch those be speedrunned and just uh, just just see those be completely ruined by someone mm. who really knows what they're doing. Uh, I find that quite entertaining. Uh, but yeah, I, d- I don't I don't like to watch people play games in person anymore. But I, I certainly, when I grew up, when I was growing up, I, I I did. I've just kind of remembered that really growing up, I think I was more the watchee than the watcher because I had I had a couple of close friends at school. Both of them were called Matthew. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I was only friends with Matthews. Yes, and uh, I remember both of them used to come around to my house like separate, like individually. They would come round and. I'd be playing games and I would like ask if they wanted to play. You know, I remember um, uh, playing Tekken, I think Tekken 1 actually, or maybe Tekken 3 um, and saying like, you know, we can play, we can play versus mode on this if you want, or we can play a different game. And they were, he was, he was content to watch me just unlock new characters. And uh, the other Matthew, I remember being there when I got to a new level in um, Tomb 2 
And uh, he, he like ran into my brother's room and was like, Pete got to the next stage in Tomb B2. He got to the next stage. <laughs> my, my, my brother like charged in to see, to see this new, this new area. But yeah, just thinking about it, like people used to come around. And my mum would say to me as well, like, let Matthew have a go. And I'd be like, I've offered, but Matthew doesn't want to play. <laughs> yeah. He just wants to watch me. So yeah. different strokes, different folks, I guess. Yeah. Well, there we are. That is a little bit of uh, a little bit Questions. of history. A little bit of history there. It's time to move on, Peter. Then, yes, it is. To something very big. Oh, it's huge! It's time for the big discussion. Big discussion. It's big discussion time. It's a very big discussion, mm. and it comes from Darren Kank, who has broken all the rules and written an essay. <gasps> Darren, and it's very naughty, but I'm going to read it anyway. Here we go. It's quite a good essay, I think. It is, yeah. Yeah. Good day, gentlemen. Please forgive the mild essay, but I want to give a lot of context to the question as it relates to PC gaming, something I know especially Ben isn't super keen on. One of the main factors that draws people to a platform are the system-exclusive games which are sold. Of course, as Xbox is a Microsoft company who just so happened to make Windows, uh, they tend to bring Xbox exclusives to PC also. Couple that with Xbox Game Pass, which also has a large collection of games available, it makes for a compelling option. Recently, Sony announced that they are looking at bringing some of their first-party exclusives to PC as well. Recent examples include Horizon Zero Dawn and Piss Mushroom Simulator 3000, I mean Death Stranding of course. PC has a massive back catalogue of games, arguably the biggest, as the platform changes much more slowly over time as opposed to sudden platform shifts which the consoles have every few years. Regarding the old keyboard and mouse versus controller debate, PC lets you have both. You can even Bluetooth your favourite controller to a PC now, and it just works. Finally, the world of the world of emulation allows many people to to even play games from specific systems which aren't supported anymore and expand their experience of gaming past. So, with all of the above taken into account, would either of you reconsider your potential £750 spending on both a PS5 and an Xbox Series S, and instead purchase your own PC for the same amount? Perhaps I'm just asking all of this because I'm salty that I have a PC and a Switch and I can't play <laughs> Crash 4 on either of yeah. them. Thanks for the fantastic work, gentlemen, and I'm terribly sorry to whichever one of you reads this out. Darren. Thanks, Darren. Thank you, Darren. I was disappointed when Crash 4 didn't come out on PC because it would have been easy to stream if it was on PC. I would probably, probably have just played it on that and still yeah. bought it for my own, for, for my for my sofa fun times downstairs. I would, maybe would have had two copies, like some sort of Whoa. sickeningly rich man that I am, which That's I'm not. astonishing. Um, but to answer the question, rather than start talking about Crash 4 again, I... Wouldn't spend my console money on a, P a PC setup, but I do think if and when one finds oneself in the position of being able to have at least one console and a, a decent PC, I think it's an excellent investment. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would ever have enough expendable income to buy a PS5, an Xbox Series S, and a PC, um, and I don't, th I don't think I'd need all three of those. But you know. I'm I'm certainly getting a PS5. I've got one pre-ordered, and you know there are exclusives on there that I want to play. I'm tempted by the Series S as well because of the huge back catalogue, and uh, you know the price point is good. Um, and you know at, at the moment I've got a work PC and and a personal PC that you know both of them can run games pretty well. Uh, but theoretically, if I didn't have these computers. What would I rather have? 
would I rather have a, a PS5 and a PC to play games or a PS5 and a Series S? I'm not sure about that, you know. Um, I th We've talked in the past about the benefits of PC gaming, despite the fact that neither of us consider ourselves big PC game boys. Um, you know, having the emulation is a huge factor for me, um, especially as... Uh, you know, as time goes on, it's slightly more difficult to get hold of a decent PS2 or a PS1 nowadays. Um, I keep think wanting to to delve into the N64 more than I ever did as a child because only I only ever used to play it at friends' houses at Matthew's house. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, emulation is a, a huge factor for me. I don't think I think like new games that come out on PC, I'd still rather. Um, Maybe play them on on a Series S if they're available. Um, but uh, you know the the other thing about PCs is that, like the modding capabilities as well. Like you can really people can really play with games more than they can on console um, in terms of like modding. Like like your Elder Scrolls and your and your Fallout's. I know that Bethesda have added um, like a, a modding system onto the console versions, but uh, you can do a whole lot more on PC. So. I don't know. I think, yeah. To to answer the the bottom line question, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a PC instead of a PS Five and a Series S necessarily. But maybe I would be tempted to get a PS Five and a PC instead of a Series S. I think ultimately that Xbox back catalogue is too tempting. And of course, as I say, I've already got a a very good PC, thankfully. But um, yeah, mm -hmm. in in a world where I didn't have the PC, I'd probably still. Still settle for the Series S in the end. I don't know. It's difficult to imagine a world without a PC, isn't it? Really, but um, yeah. There you go. I've I've never owned a PC. Uh, no. Growing up, we had a family PC, mm. and I had a terrible laptop for a long time, and then I got a MacBook, and I've still got that MacBook. Uh, I'm very fortunate at the moment because I'm using my work computer at home. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that it does. It does help. You know, it, it improves things. Uh, but it's I just don't I just don't want to play games on PC. I just don't want to do it. Mm. Uh, PC is by far the best place to play games for backwards compatibility and consistency. Yeah. But I just don't like playing games on, on PC. I don't like playing with keyboard and mouse and I don't want to use a controller on a PC. Uh, I, I just don't like it uh price or value for money it just doesn't factor into my decision to play games on consoles i i want to sit down with a box plugged into my tv and play that and i'll buy a new box every decade or so mm. and if my old games don't play on the new box i will keep my old box to play on uh, pl play on them you know mm. play play them on sorry uh but i just I don't think, honestly, even even that that backwards compatibility thing, I'm probably not going to go back to the old box after six months have passed with the new box. Mm. Because I really, really think that while backwards compatibility is such a compelling argument and some people will make great use of it, I think people hype it up to be way more than it is. And this isn't me blindly defending Sony. This is me talking from my own personal experience. I'm not going to go back and play PS4 games on PS5 even though I can I'm not going to play PS3 games on on you know on PS5 if I could just like I didn't play PS2 games or PS1 games on my PS3 mm. it's nice to have the option but personally I'm not going to do it 
it's just not something I need to do. And so that argument for me kind of goes out the window. I can see for some people why it would be good, but for me, I just... The PC just isn't appealing in, in any respect. I find right. it very useful from a work perspective, certainly, but in my free time... I don't want to sit down at the same device I use for work. You know, even if that, even if I had a PC at home and we were still going to the office every day, you know, I wouldn't want to come home from sitting at a computer to sit at a computer. I don't, yeah. I don't want, that's not relaxing for me. I like being in a console ecosystem. And again, you know, PCs are amazing and you can do almost anything with them, but it just, it, it is not appealing to me at all. Uh, I totally appreciate all the arguments in favour of it. And, uh, you know, may a thousand blossoms bloom as far as I'm concerned. Everyone's entitled to their own gaming proclivities. Platform proclivities, yeah. Platform proclivities. But for me, I just want a console. That's all I want. And PlayStation is my preferred console. And there's not going to be really anything that's going to tempt me away from that on a, you know, on a on a permanent basis. Ever. Yeah. You've got your, you've got your work PC, but you ain't spending any time on it uh, outside in, of work. Outside else. of work, <laughs> yeah. I think there's, yeah, there's as as much as there are those good arguments in favour of PC. I think there are a couple of arguments against it. I think number one, personally, I know different people probably don't mind this, but personally, I much prefer curling up on the sofa to to play a game um, with with a controller in my hand in front of the telly. And I know that there are ways that you can actually play your PC games sitting on the sofa looking at your TV. If, you're, yeah. if you can be bothered or if you want to get one of those Steam boxes or whatever they were called, which I think don't exist again already i think steam these... big picture or something like that yeah is also yeah did, they do. stopped making them i think like oh, I pretty have no idea I don't, maybe that's not true but i'm sure i heard like that they had a really short lifespan uh but anyway so you, you can sort that out if you want to go to the effort of it um but that kind of brings me to my other point which is that pcs are capable of fantastic things and in in some ways they're the the best way to play games by by certain measures, certain yardsticks, it would be the best way to play a game. You know, it's, graphically they can be the best, mm-hmm. um, and as I say, modding and backwards compatibility and so on. However, uh, the difference between a PC and uh, a console is it's not always strictly a case of plug in and play, is it? Which is the problem. Yeah. And actually, the one thing that PCs are not so good at in terms of backwards compatibility is PC game backward compatibility. I know you can get um, sort of emulated versions of old operating systems where theoretically your games will work. But in my experience, they're pretty difficult to set up. I mean, maybe I'm an idiot and I'm just not very good at it. But I I tried quite hard to get... uh, uh, a Windows XP, I think it was, emulator working, and in the end, I managed it. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as simple as a, a PS One and PS Two One or a Dolphin, you know. Um, and uh, so, and, and and likewise, you get a new game, um, and depending on how long you've had your PC, if you plug that sucker into your or, or download it, I guess people don't use discs anymore. But if you download it and try and install it. It's not necessarily going to work depending on your setup. Whereas if you know, if you buy a PS4 game or a PS5 game, if you plug it into your PS4 or PS5, it will work. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you have pro versions and non-pro versions, and so that might make a difference, but it will work if it's compatible. Um, whereas 
that's that's one of the big downsides to PC. I think in our experience, particularly when we were at Yogg's Cast, and you know, since then as well, when we've been at um, Triple Jump, we've just found that sometimes you try and you try and get something working on a PC, and it just just ugh, drivers and hardware and software and uh, don't make me do all of this stuff. Thank you, please. I don't want to. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not as straightforward as it ought to be sometimes. I've reached the point in my life where I value my free time too much <laughs> to make such a fundamental switch. We've we've spoken before about what it would take for us to jump to Xbox and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but even if we did, which is highly unlikely, um, even if we did, that wouldn't be fundamentally changing the game that much, would it? We'd still be sat holding a controller, sat in front of a TV. Mm. To switch to PC gaming at this point in my life would mean learning a lot of stuff. Uh, because I didn't grow up PC gaming, I just, it, not only are there big gaps in my knowledge, but it's also just, it just seems quite exhausting. You know, the, the the relative simplicity of playing on a console is that much better. And the same way that I'm sure Darren probably feels about PC is exactly the same way I feel about consoles because it's mm. all I've ever known. And I know that there's a world of opportunity to, to be had with playing games on PC, but it just doesn't appeal to me. I just don't want to do it. And, yeah. and therefore, I simply won't. And you can't make me. And the other thing you have to, well, you don't have to, this is the point I'm about to make, but the other thing um, that some people who are really into PC gaming would say you have to learn about and invest time and money into building your own system. You know, people say that's the way to do it. And it well, it's, it's, I say invest money. It's actually theoretically the cheaper way to do it rather than build a, a, or buy a pre-built system. Hmm. However, that's one thing I've never, ever wanted to do. I know people say it's like, actually fairly straightforward you can follow guides and stuff to actually put the thing together but even just comparing uh you know like one one ssd to another or 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 graphics card or whatever like none of them have a there's not a as far as i'm aware there's not a universal grading system like you need a um a, a class b video card if if they all had a universal system that I could compare one to the other, I would just be like, okay, give me, give me the the A class, the, the A class one, or or the B class one, if I want to go a bit cheaper. But they've all got different names and numbers and letters and things on them and brands, and I, <laughs> I don't know which one's better than that, which other one, and which one do I get? And I, oh, it's just, it's very overwhelming. The thought of building my own, even not building your own, just ordering one online and looking at the specs, it's like it. Will this work? There are literally like subreddits and and forums dedicated to people just posting a spec on there and saying, if I get this, will I be able to, you know, like capture and edit HD video and play Skyrim on ultra graphics? Because people, a lot of people don't know those. They just can't understand. They can't make head nor tail of the of the details. I can't. Mm. Um, I would buy a pre-built system. I would never build it myself. And even then, I would have to ask someone better than me, will this work? Um, you know, will it run what I want it to run? So, yeah, it's it's a bit overwhelming to me. I think the capabilities are there, but uh, there's, there's too much information for me to process to really get into PC gaming. And uh, also, I, I worry about the lack of 
guaranteed plug in and play um with with certain systems yeah but, uh, yeah yeah i i agree there we go that's uh that that's our stand mm. on it you know you you play what you want you do Please what you do. want we understand and can appreciate the arguments but those are our reasons why we will not be switching exclusively to to playing pc yeah and indeed. i hope that makes sense mm. well peter how can people get in touch with us should they wish to we are Team Triple Jump everywhere. everywhere. Literally everywhere in the Ooh. world. YouTube.com and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's where we um, stream and put out videos. When we stream on both of those channels, we're modded by Lord Rotovich, Cecil Prumps, Mad Stedactyl, and Trowling Badger. Thank you, team. We've got social media, Twitter.com and Facebook.com, both forward slash Team Triple Jump. Luke Eldon looking after Facebook, as usual, doing an excellent job. We've got a Patreon, which is Patreon.com forward slash, oh, would you, would you have guessed it? Team Triple Jump. <laughs> Lots of rewards there, including asking questions on this podcast, early worst games ever, and unique uh, special one-off patron merch as well, things like that. We've got a Discord, bit.ly forward slash Team Triple Jump. That's modded by Jack and Joe. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Joe. The podcast, if you are watching on YouTube, is available at play.acast.com forward slash S forward slash Triple Jump. No team there. Mm. Um, and the website, triplej.mup, that's triple ju dot mp, um, and you can you can put forward slash uh, shop on the end of that to get to our store. We've got a careers tab there, which at the moment, nothing nothing there, but keep an eye on it. You never know when it's going to have a new posting. And finally, you can see all of our live stream VODs by going to triplej.mup forward slash VODs, which will send you to our YouTube channel where we upload all of the VODs. You can follow Peter on Twitter and Instagram at that Peter Austin. Oh, I said that weird. At that Peter Austin. And you can also follow me just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream on YouTube, and Monday and Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons, Sunday for everyone else. It's not a Worst Games Ever week this week. No. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows one every other week. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. This week, we've got a new What It Means to Me. And we have Sam Driver from Cultaholic Wrestling talking about Broken Sword. Mm. So make sure you go give that a watch, as well as the two quipscopes we mentioned earlier in the show about Crash Bandicoot 4 and Star Wars Squadrons. Also, probably, like, the the plan is that today, at time of release, Saturday, mm -hmm. um, we will be putting out a, another ranked list. Is it Sunday um, that it's going out, or Saturday? Oh, I think it. I thought it said Saturday on the on the schedule, but in any case, this weekend, uh, yes. the plan is to put out a, a ranked list. Um, that's still pending. I need to literally, as soon as we're, we're done recording, I'm going to have a final look through and make sure it's okay. Oh yeah, it says Sunday on the on the schedule actually, so my mistake. But uh, so check that out tomorrow. Theoretically, I'm sure it'll be fine. It was nearly fine last time I saw it, so uh, that's probably there. But uh, I'm not promising anything. No. All right. No, no, it'll be yet. good, though. Go and watch it, if it is yeah. live, maybe. Mm. 
What is this week's sponsor, Peter? Just time to say goodbye. Oh, I'm getting getting real peckish for some masked bamboo shoots, uh, boar fritz mm-hmm. with trout wine. The inflection is mm. very difficult to do on that because if you try and do it in the Crash Bandicoot style, the boar gets a really strong inflection. Mashed, mashed bamboo, bamboo shoots, boar. Mashed bamboo shoots, boar. Fritz with trout wine, but uh, it's not how you would normally say it if you're reading from a menu. So, well, it sounds delicious. We'll have to think on. We'll have to get the marketing team to maybe just never do anything like that ever again because well, good god we're gonna we got a lot of uh, a lot of those meals to throw away then mm. we can't sell them no thank you so much for listening everybody enjoy the rest of your weekends and we will see you all next time bye everybody Bye-bye. bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.